I'm Amanda, and this is Not Your Granny's Quilt Show. Today, my guest is Jessica Rose. She is the owner and lead designer of Quilted Studios. As a lifelong quilter, Jessica has always had sewing on the brain, but as she started to develop her own style, she couldn't really find quilts that matched her aesthetic and started to design patterns that fit that aesthetic. And thankfully for her and for the rest of us, she has created an amazing space for stylish designs that can fit into any modern space. So please enjoy my chat with Jess. Well, thank you, Jessica, for joining me today. How's it going? It's going so good. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yay. Well, I have been following you for a while, and so I've seen a lot of your stuff, but um, let's go to the beginning. Like, where did quilting enter your life? And, and very, the very beginning, all the way to, <laughs> I was born, I was born. Um, <laughs> no, so I actually grew up um, in Seattle, in the Seattle area, right at okay. the base of Mount Rainier. And my grandmother quilted and my great grandmother quilted. So it was actually kind of in the family. Um, but my mom, surprisingly enough, wasn't really a quilter, but she crafted a lot. So she did every kind of craft you can imagine she did it. Um, so she kind of taught me how to do like the basis of sewing and things like that. And then when I was probably about 10 or 12, I started making my own quilts um on my great grandmother's old machine and it was really fun but also very difficult you know learning on this kind of ancient machine um you know looking back I'm kind of glad I learned on an older machine because in some ways like you really have to know how to sew you know and Mm -hmm. every old machine has its own like little quirky things about it so um yeah I I grew up quilting really and I had a very supportive church community and it it was a very common thing for quilting to happen at activities and things like that so it really was kind of part of my life um all growing up as much as other people didn't know that but you know on the weekends and during the summers and stuff like that I would work on quilts so yeah that's really how it began that's awesome so you've really just it's always been around and it's not just like a random hobby you picked up like a lot of us but <laughs> no I will say I I have picked up almost every other hobby you can imagine I think creative people are just you know we're like do I like calligraphy do I like you know <laughs> acrylic do I like painting like we've we've all tried everything so mm-hmm. I've done that as well but quilting always seemed to be something that I went back to which is nice you know it feels like a consistent thing I've always loved yeah and it's like a home base for the other crafty endeavors because it's like you can get so far in and then sometimes you just reach a limit and you're like I don't want to do this anymore but then you always Mm -hmm. have something you can return to that you know you love yeah exactly that's really nice that's so cool so how like you know how on the radar was having your own like quilting business for you like was it ever something you really thought about no like no never I never (laughs) ever thought about that ever um so basically I studied history in college so for undergrad I did history and Italian studies and I planned on going to law school um that was my whole plan all along um and looking back, it's actually kind of funny that that was my plan. <laughs> Cause I don't know that being a lawyer is like <laughs> a great end goal to have, but that was really what I thought, you know? Um, 
And then I actually, I took the LSAT the day after my husband and I got married and oh. I went, went, I know I was hardcore. I was like, this is what I want to do. I'm going to wow. do it. Commitment. And, um, Times two. Yeah, I felt, I felt bad for him. I was like, listen, <laughs> I go to bed early. <laughs> You're like honeymoon later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my God. Poor, poor guy. Um, you know, that really started us off on the right foot though, I think. <laughs> yeah. So. You're like, this is how this is. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I went through the interview process and, uh, you know, it just never felt right. It just never really fell into place. And for some reason it just didn't flow. And I was like, you know, I think I might have to change my entire life plan. And it was really difficult, but I just took a job kind of working in administration and business and things like that. And then ended up in HR as I kind of tried to figure out my life. And, um, I really enjoyed HR, um, mostly because, it you did a little bit of everything. You know, you weren't just doing spreadsheets. You were working with people. You were um, working on presentations. You were counseling. You know, like it was just so fun to be able to do a little bit of all these things. And so, I ended up doing uh, human resources for a while, and then um, I went back recently and got my master's degree in organizational development to continue on in my journey of you know business and things like that. Um, so. What's really funny is that I finished my master's while my husband was in medical school and he, for the last year and a half of his training, had to travel full time to go from hospital to hospital for his rotations. And I was alone a lot, (laughs) more than a lot. I was alone most of the time and I have two little girls. And so it's not like I could just leave the house. You know, I was just there. Um, and I'm not one who like to be bored. You know, I think every, all creatives, like we like to tinker and we like to just like be busy. And so I actually started quilting again. Um, I haven't quilted in a long time. We've lived in small apartments as we were in med school and, you know, traveling and things. And so it wasn't really that feasible. Um, but then that last year, I just started quilting so much. And I was like, wow, I forgot how much I love this. Like, I love quilting. I haven't done this in so long. It's, yeah. it's been so fun to go back to it. And while I was looking for a job in training and development, which I just got my master's in, (laughs) I decided to design my first quilt pattern. And I wasn't planning on making a business. I was just going to design a pattern and then put it on Etsy. Um, And I was like, you know, maybe, maybe I'll make a couple of hundred dollars to offset like my fabric, you know, Mm -hmm. costs and things like that. Like we're still poor med student, like he, you know, Mm -hmm. um, it would be nice to have that. And so I designed, um, Sitakuzo, which is that, um, gingham pattern. Mm -hmm. And I went through Quilters Candy, her design course, um, which was very helpful. There's so many things I didn't know yeah. <laughs> about quilt patterns. What's funny is that I was very overconfident. Looking back, I was like, I can't believe I just sat down and was like, I'm going to design my own pattern just because, you know. Yeah. But I, I thought that I had made so many quilt patterns that I was like, I can do this. Like, mm-hmm. I've read a hundred of these. Like, I'm pretty sure I could just kind of finagle my way through and see what they do and just make my own pattern, you know, that way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, after going through her course and, you know, just learning all about it, I was like, wow, I, yeah. I'm really glad I did that. So, um, at that point I was like, you know, I might as well commit, uh, to creating just a small little business. Um, 
And then it kind of snowballed from there. I was like, well, if I'm going to have one pattern, I made it, I might as well have a website. And if I have a website, I might as well have an Instagram. And if I have an Instagram, I might as well have Flowdesk for email marketing. <laughs> you know, it just like, <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what I was thinking in the beginning. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was not planning on building a business, but um, yeah, it just blew up. <laughs> like, That's honestly, crazy. That's it so did. cool. Yeah, like, it was really crazy. <laughs> yeah. And that like snowball, like as you were explaining that, it just like, <laughs> so like my teacher brain was like, ding, but like, it would just reminded me of those stories. Like if you give a moose a muffin or yes, that's exactly muffin, what it was. <laughs> was yes. Like, that was me. <laughs> yeah. So be careful, you know, if yeah. you're going to design a pattern, I will say though, that I'm someone who I like to commit, you know, like I'm not, I'm not doing things half, half eight. Like I, yeah. I go all in on things. And so I think that helped because I was like, I, I did have to say to myself though, if this doesn't work out, that's okay. You know, yeah. let's say six months in, I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. I had to give myself that flexibility there. Um, you know, and so that really helped, you know, I wasn't scared anymore of failing because yeah. when you start something new, especially if you're creative, I think you're scared. It's just, it's going to be like everything else you started that you didn't love. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so I was really nervous about that in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. It is kind of nerve wracking. Cause you're like, okay, I'm putting my personal view out there about, you know, how I view the quilting world or how I view this business and like, yeah. are other people going to have that same vision or resonate with it? And it is, it's so scary. <laughs> it's like, it is. It is so works. scary. Yeah. You do have to make yourself pretty vulnerable. And I am someone who is pretty, um, introverted and somewhat conservative you know as far as personality goes Mm -hmm. like I'm not I'm not super outgoing and I've never wanted to be really in front of the camera you know I've never I've never wanted a lot of attention and I think to start this I really had to overcome some of that fear that I had of being judged really Mm -hmm. you know I was so scared that someone would see me and be like I hate you. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, why, why did you say that? But I knew I that the internet, I know I knew that the internet could be kind of a scary place. And so mm-hmm. um I will say though that that fear was unfounded and that 99% of every comment and email I get is really kind. You know, even if they don't like my designs, they're still really nice. And I think yeah. that's you know, that's been really, really comforting. That's awesome. And I think too, yeah, it can be scary because people can be so mean, but I think ultimately even like what you're saying, even the negative comments, I think are in the quilting world, at least from my perspective is that they're like, I understand that you're doing something really vulnerable. And so I'm not trying to hurt your feelings, but this is the experience I had. And it's like, okay, thank you for honoring where I'm coming from. And I can honor where you're coming from. And like, Mm -hmm just taking that two stuck two seconds to step away from anger before you comment is like, it's a huge deal because, because we are like, we're putting our heart and soul into these businesses that we've created out of like the, the ideas that come from us. Like this Mm -hmm. isn't just some like product that's already made that I'm just like selling and I don't care what you comment. Like I made this. (laughs) Yes, for sure. It's, it's really hard. Um, I think that you do have to have thick skin. And I think I kind of learned that already in business though, like mm-hmm. not to take things too personally. So I think that helps having a background in, you know, working where I did. I think it 
it was helpful when I approached it. I didn't have unrealistic expectations. You know, I knew that there would be some small amount of negativity. I knew that I would run into people who had different opinions than me and, Mm -hmm. and that was okay. Um, my whole goal really was to create a positive, um, peaceful space within quilting and a really like modern stylish space. And I think, um, that's really like what I, what I seek after with everything that I do. Yeah. Well, it's coming through. I mean, all of your, your social presence and your online presence feels very cohesive, very calm. And just like, that's good. I'm glad, I'm glad you say that. <laughs> yeah. It's working. So like, and I love that. I love when, you know, you can tell that like the aesthetic on one in one end, like your Instagram matches your website and like, whether that's genuine or not, like it is, it feels genuine because everything flows. It doesn't feel like, yeah, like, oh, she threw something crazy in there. I wonder if that's really what she wants instead of feeling like stuck in this rut, but no, for sure. I think that I created a brand that was an extension of my personal style and that really helps. It was never, it was never something that I had to come up with. It was always like, would I like this pattern? <laughs> would I put this in my bedroom? Do I like these colors? Would I put them on my wall? You know, and I run it through that filter and that's very, very helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and it's helps to know what your style is. Cause like some of us totally, you definitely really do. Know. Yes, that's <laughs> for sure. I do think I had a very defined sense of like interior design of like what I loved. Mm-hmm. And so when I started designing quilts, um, really the whole reason I got into it was because I was looking for a quilt pattern for my husband. He's giant. He's six, four, six, <laughs> he's six, he's not six, four. He's like six, two or six, three. And, um, I was like, man, this has to be a giant quilt pattern. It can't be too feminine because it's for him. Yeah. And I like struggled for like months. I was trying to find this like stylish, but masculine, you know, Mm -hmm. like kind of sense, like it was genderless and I could put it on our bed and I just could not find anything that didn't have like butterflies and triangles and stripes Mm -hmm. and flowers. And I was like, I just feel like there, there were missing something in the quilting world. And so that's when I was like, okay, well, whatever we're missing, that's what I want to (laughs) provide. That's what I want to start designing too. Yeah. I think that's the whole deal with, you know, entrepreneurship and starting a business is like you, you find a need or a missing piece in, in a, you know, pretty well-established business world, I guess of quilting, but then it's like, there's still niches to fill. There's still gaps oh, totally. in it for, for, cause there's so many different perspectives and people have such different ideas for what they want. And so when exactly. someone like you comes along and has a very clear vision of what you want and, and can create it, then it just like, Oh, great. Now I don't have to try to f- figure out how to design my own quilt pattern because someone yeah. else just translated what's in my brain. And like, I, yeah. I just love seeing that. Cause I think I, I don't know if you were hesitant about putting out patterns at all, but I think some people hesitate because there are a lot of people designing patterns. Yes. And with that age old, like um, everything's been done already, you know, especially in art, I think in design, it's difficult to, to look around and think that like, there's a place for you, Mm -hmm. but I certainly think that there is a place for everyone. You know, everyone has a unique take on things. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think too, like, yeah, there is, there is room for everyone. And, and if you're, 
if you're not finding what you are looking for out there, then that means that other people are not finding it either. Like, yes, you're not alone in that. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of cool. And yeah, you know, it's, it does seem like, you know, even though your, your undergrad wasn't specifically for that, it seems like maybe your grad graduate degree is helping you with. Oh, for sure. Yeah, definitely. And like, it probably, I mean, having been a teacher and same, not same thing, but like having worked with parents and like just lots yeah. of crazy oh, conversations, I, I bet. Like, I bet. <laughs> like that definitely has also helped like in situations where I'm like, I will get the sharp sweats and be like, I don't know what to say. But then I'm like, no, I do know what to say. I've done this a thousand times. Like, yes, I think unless you've experienced that beforehand in some aspect, it can be so scary putting yourself out there and then having to deal with other people's crap like (laughs) yes or any real any real customer service issue that comes up you know is is difficult I think I think though you can make it more difficult if here's the thing my mom is amazing she is the most outgoing like wonderful party animal you can imagine and everyone (laughs) just loves her and she worked in customer service for a long time and she would always come home and say things like you know the customer is always right like it just doesn't matter it doesn't matter if you lose ten dollars over a pattern it doesn't matter if like a b and c like you have to think long-term relationships so Mm -hmm. you know whatever i can do to make sure that every single customer interaction is like positive i will do so even if that means i take a hit in any way i will Mm -hmm. always make sure that you know if they weren't satisfied with something and they couldn't find something you know Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. Here's a gift card, you know, like whatever I can do to make sure that you leave this experience knowing that I'm committed mm-hmm. to this, you know, relationship lasting. Like that's, that's what I really prioritize. Yeah. Yeah. I think there are some balances. Like I think in a lot of instances, like, yeah, just default on the side of like customers already always. Right. And I think ultimately, like if that's your main kind of trajectory on customer service like that definitely helps out but there are sometimes in my opinion like this is just from my experience too like there are some boundaries that just like I'm not willing to let people cross for my business's sake and for my own sake like especially like doing what I do in the you know quilty sphere is like a little different I'm not designing patterns I'm like making quilts and so there is a line where it's like Yes, yeah, like I'm sure that could be. But yeah, it's, like, <laughs> it's different when I have a digital, you know, right. digital goods that are a little less, you know. Yeah, but yeah. I, I can't imagine if you, yeah, that would be very hard. <laughs> but it's like I do, yeah. Like we're having worked in customer service and having worked in, you know, at this in a school setting and all these different places. It's like ninety nine percent of the time, yes. Like just default on the side of yeah. the customer's always right and help them have a good experience. And like, cause then that just like benefits your business in the long run. Like, yeah, maybe you lost $10 in that situation, but like, they're going to then tell the next person like, Oh, there was a problem, but you know, they worked really hard to help me and, and make sure that I got what I was looking for. And like that speaks volume, that mouth to mouth, mouth to mouth, (laughs) word of mouth. I'm so sorry. That's this ridiculous. Vision in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> that mouth-to-mouth communication, you know. 
Yikes. Oh my goodness. No word of mouth. Excuse me. I knew what we, I knew what you meant. We all knew what you meant. Oh my God. Oh, sorry. I haven't flubbed something up like that in such a long time. That is so silly. You should okay, anyway. that out. You should keep that. In. Anyway, yes. the word of mouth that comes from those interactions is worth more than that $10 ever would have been like, oh, totally. Yeah. And in the long <laughs> run, for sure. Yeah. I, I will say, like you said, there are boundaries and maybe some of those boundaries can be communicated like upfront. And I think that helps eliminate some of the stuff that comes on later on. You know, if you've, mm-hmm. if you've presented everything very clearly from the beginning, yeah. you know, that's kind of nice. Yeah, exactly. And I think sometimes, especially as women in business, like it's hard to, to overcome that idea that like, you need to be nice and like, oh yes, (laughs) and like, don't question people. But that's when I think for me, I've gotten into some pickles in communication of just like, oh my gosh, we were totally on the wrong page. Like, because I didn't clarify, you know, it's definitely a me problem and something that I've had to like, yeah. overcome. But yeah, like when you're the face and you're the communicator and you're the person in, in your business that is dealing with these things, it's like, it's worth it to kind of be up front and, and maybe feel like you're being rude. But I think ultimately, if you're just being honest and like in the mm-hmm. kindest way possible, like then yeah, it helps the customer understand what they're signing up for when they, when they engage with your business, which, you know, can be different mm-hmm. in different environments, but yeah. I can imagine just like the digital nature of your business probably makes a lot of that a lot more smooth. It's not, yeah, it's not nearly as hard. There's no, yeah. you know, there's a lot there. Are, I sell like some physical patterns, but honestly, yeah, having the, the digital patterns really does make things easier. Yeah. That's so cool. So like, what is your, what is your designing structure? Like, are you a structured kind of you go in or you, you know, you have set times where you're working and you're designing during those times, or do you just kind of do it when it comes to you? Like, what is, what does a a day look like for you? So I, I actually still work. Um, I still work in training and development in the mornings. Um, so I do that every morning and then in the afternoons, I usually work on quilted, uh, quilted studios. So, um, I think I, I've always been one to be pretty organized. And so I have like a planner, I have a calendar, I have like a marketing plan. I have blog posts planned out for the next four months. Like I have, I have things in place. So that way I don't feel like I'm scrambling around last minute for something Mm -hmm. most of the time, you know, occasionally there's some weeks where I'm like, ah, like I need to, (laughs) I need to get on this. But, um, I think that really helps. And I've also, before I worked in HR, I worked a little bit with entrepreneurs in a different position. And I actually never thought I would be an entrepreneur because of how hard it looked. You know, they, they were always like sleep deprived and tired and stressed out. And I was like, yeah, I never want to do that. Yeah. That's not, that looks horrible. Um, <laughs> You're like, no, thank you. <laughs> so now that I'm here, I just think it's so ironic. I'm like, wow, that's hilarious. Um, mm-hmm. I think having good boundaries, which is actually sorry, hold on my earpod fall up, which is actually super hard for me. I, I didn't know this, but I'm kind of a workaholic. So I have to really stop myself from working more than I should. Um, so yeah, if you let me, I would just work nonstop forever. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I think for me, I set goals and then I kind of figure out what things I want to do that will lead me there. 
Mm -hmm. Um, as far as designing goes, it's very, it's a much more creative process. I usually find inspiration from all sorts of different places, you know, history books, thrifting, antiques, Mm -hmm. um, going to art stores, you know, things like that. I just love seeing what's stylish and beautiful and like West Elm or Restoration Hardware, Pottery Barn, you know, I, I gain a lot of inspiration from like very current things. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I just plan around those, you know, uh, quilt pattern releases. So sometimes the releases take longer than I would like, but I've never really held myself to an unrealistic standard. I think like I'm a perfectionist in a lot of ways, but, Mm -hmm. um, I think I'm also very like, you know, if I get this out this week versus next week, like it's, it's not going to make that big of a deal, you know, like, (laughs) I give myself some room there. Yeah, that's good. And then too, like if you're, you know, if you're with a larger group, like a larger company, then it's like, you're kind of on their timeline versus if you're doing it for yourself and your own business, totally. you, you get the yes. flexibility to say, mm, I'm going to put this off a week. Cause I need to fine tune some things. And you're not like yes. crunching someone else's style by, you know, mm-hmm. messing up their schedule. It's like, that's totally so much. It is really nice. I will say though, that I I do try to hold myself like I'd say 85% of the time I try to meet my own deadlines. And I think that helps having a sense of accountability to yourself. You know, as a business owner, it's really easy to be like, well, I'll do that next week. Or like, well, it's not, you know, there's no big rush (laughs) when in reality, like then you just start putting lots of things off. Mm-hmm. So I try to be my own boss in some ways, you know, and report to myself. And I yeah. really do try my hardest to like be very consistent. Yeah, that's important. And I think too, like coming when you come from a super structured environment to then working for yourself, a majority of the time, you're like, wait, nobody's going to tell me what to do. <laughs> I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's an area where I struggle. Like I, I thrive under structure, but to create that structure for myself, I'm like, okay, I have some work to do because (laughs) you know, it's, well, it's easiest to do the things that you love. Right. Mm -hmm. So like I noticed for myself, like the things that I'm always drawn to and the things I do first are like the things I enjoy the most. Mm -hmm. And so oftentimes I will just say like, okay, I can't sit down and design another quote pattern until I write a blog post, I write an email, you know, like I reach out to these people and then I can have an hour to myself to just like design. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Kind of build in some, some structure. It's like, you know, reward yeah. yourself a little when you've done the hard things and. Oh, totally. Like, yeah. So and hard, I'm not perfect but... at that. I'm definitely not perfect at it, but that does help me yeah. usually. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. So, um, what do you, I think I saw you're a Bernina babe. You love you're doing the Bernina. <laughs> so I, I am a, um, a guest blogger for Bernina. Yes. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So what do you sew on? Like, what do you have? Um, I, so for the longest time, so in high school, my parents, I finally graduated from my great grandmother's sewing <laughs> machine and they got me a Kenmore, Ooh. um, this tiny little Kenmore. And I had it, you know, for 20 years and it actually, it, it actually is pretty amazing. I had it I never had it serviced. <laughs> never, <laughs> not once. I didn't even know that was a thing. Cause remember like my mom wasn't really into quilting and things like that. And so I had yeah. no idea 
about a lot of stuff until I actually joined Quilty Instagram about a year ago, a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so looking back, I, I just think it's funny. Um, and I sewed on that forever until last year when um, I started working with Bernina. And so now I have a 570 QE. Okay. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And did like, was that, was it just like, I don't know, I'll just pick this one. Or did you have like, you know, what were your reasons for picking that one? Um, well, we worked together to find a machine that would work best for me. And Bernina is amazing because they have so many options. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just, and they're just really, really good. So I worked with the international team, um, over in Switzerland. And okay. so I, I actually don't work with Bernina USA very often. Um, but the 570 QE was small enough that I could move around because I still, you know, I, we're, we're in a bigger house now than I, a small apartment, but I still don't have like a ton of room. And so I needed something that would kind of fit on my sewing table that I could then pivot easily to then cut, you know, mm-hmm. and, and yeah. then pivot back. And so I needed something I could kind of move around. And so I didn't want the biggest machine, but I also didn't want like the smallest machine. And so the 570 QE was just kind of like the perfect bear in the middle there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of how I landed on this one. Awesome. Yeah. We, we saw on Bernina's also. So that's why I was curious, yeah. like why you chose what you chose. And we have an old yes. Artista 730 and we got it just because we were like, well, we can practice with embroidery on it and then yeah. also have a second sewing machine. And, mm-hmm. um, and then we got a, a 535. So yeah, again, for the embroidery, but also to have like a nicer mm-hmm. kind of that middle, middle yes. ground machine. Yeah. That's and not- it had a longer throat space too, which I really love. That was my, honestly, my highest priority because like, I don't have a long arm and I, I mostly quilt all of my quilts just because I'm very particular about lines and which is so weird, but that perfectionistness comes out in me when I do this, but yeah, I've tried to have things long armed. And for some reason, I think I'm just like, I, I love the pattern that I create. And then to have a pattern laid on top of it sometimes messes with my artistic vision. And so sure. I get really like, I'm like, no, I need a line specifically here and a line specifically here. And so I wanted a machine that could handle some of the quilting that I do. Yeah. No. And I think that's important because like, as much as I love long arming, because I'm a long armor, like exactly, I yeah. completely understand that too. Like I, I get the aesthetics I want on my quilts because I am the one quilting. I know it. I'm so jealous. <laughs> I'm so jealous. Honestly, <laughs> I want a long arm just so I can do like custom, you know, quilts. And now I don't have to like shove everything into my little machine, but yeah. 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 It's, it's definitely like, you know, if you can quilt your own and, you know, for you, like you're placing the quilting where you want it on your quilt not having to hope that someone is going to do the same. Yes, exactly. But then again, it's like, yeah, if you have a trusted relationship with someone or with a long armor and you know that they kind of match your vision or you can tell them like, I want this and this, this is what and, I want and yeah. that they can translate that vision. Like, that's awesome. But yeah, like just being able to, to make your vision come to life, however that is, is like, it's mm-hmm. such an important step in the process of, of yeah. finishing your quilts. And 
I think if I wasn't a designer, I wouldn't care as much. I think mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh, I love these, you know, like, I actually love some of the edge to edge designs. Like the scallops are so pretty. And like, mm-hmm. there's some really, really fun geometric ones. But I think because I have to photograph all of them so much and these cover quilts are used in so many different areas, mm-hmm. sometimes those lines can create things that might mess with your photos if you're not careful. And so yeah. I think that's why I'm a little bit more particular about it. Yeah. No, it makes like, it makes total sense, especially when it's like, you know, what your aesthetic is and you want to keep it that way, then like, yeah, do what you got to do to make it happen. You know, I, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of just quilt, quilt how you want, you know, like make yes. what you want to make, make it look how you want to make it look. And however you get there is a, yeah, totally. There's definitely no, like right or wrong path. I mean, there's definitely things that will like, like really put a wrench in the system if you're not like doing things a certain way but like as far as long arming versus domestic you know quilting on your domestic or well we all we both know this long arming is certainly easier than shoving your entire quilt into a domestic machine I mean yeah for sure for sure but yeah it's you know yeah I'm just a fan of people doing it how they want to do it and Mm-hmm. making their quilts look how they want to make. So I think it makes perfect sense that you're like, no, I'm taking creative control over this entire thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a certain look and you know, that's, that's totally fair. Cause you know, you have a brand to uphold as well. So that's kind of like mm-hmm. for sure the thing you have to pay attention to when you're putting stuff out too. So, mm-hmm. um, so what, like, is there anything, I guess, special behind your business name, the quilted without the E or, you know, I struggled a long time to come up with a name. Um, I think I just wanted something that was very clear and very, um, it's exactly what I did, <laughs> you know, um, I, I, looking back, I probably should have chosen something with my name in it, you know, it would a little bit easier. Um, but yeah, no, it wasn't. I, I really wanted to do something that was very meaningful to me. And for some reason, nothing fit quite like I wanted it to. And so I ended up just doing quilted studios, partially because I thought it just encompasses, you know, everything that is quilty, you know, everything that I do. Um, mm-hmm. And so I liked that. And it was a little bit more modern, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Like, I was looking at it. I'm like, oh, there's no E. And then I was like, wait, that's actually kind of cool because it does kind of feel different, like, yeah. yeah, but it just feels like that more modern. And then like, I guess my brain went to like the LTD without the E on the end was like, oh, it's like limited a dish. Like it feels very like high end and like, like that's good. I'm glad I'm glad you're saying and, that. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't, I was like, all things that I wanted. Great. <laughs> <laughs> like I should ask because I'm wondering if like, if that's like where your brain was at or if it was, yeah. But like, yeah. I mean, that makes sense too. So that's. I wanted it to kind of encompass really the, my whole brand story, which is, you know, fresh and modern and stylish. You know, if you have a pottery barn home, then these quilts should be able to fit into your aesthetic. So yeah, I think ironically enough, I, I didn't ever really design with this in mind, but I have had so many people reach out and they email me and they're like, I love your designs because I can make them for my, the men in my life. And I ended up becoming this, like, I just thought it was so funny. It wasn't really my intention, but 
you know, everyone reaches out and they're like, I made this for my uncle. I made this for my brother. I made this for, you know, whatever. And so I unintentionally kind of created this, like, I don't want, I like unisex quilting brand, you know? Yeah. Which I think is so great because there are, like you were saying, there's so many things out there that's like, they're beautiful and they're awesome, but they don't feel very, yeah. Like unisex or, or masculine even. And so, yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, and I love traditional quilting, um, which I did for a long time, you know, it wasn't until recently that I started designing my own patterns and then I could finally kind of create what I, what I wanted, but you know, I, I grew up making very, very traditional quilt patterns. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's beauty in all of it. I just think like Mm -hmm. what you were saying, like creating something for the, the gap that you were seeing and, and obviously other people felt the same thing. So that's why I hope so. And giving them, yeah, like an outlet to be like, oh my gosh, I can finally make this man in my life a quilt because I haven't found anything that really fits their aesthetic. And that's, I think so amazing. Cause I think too, like, I mean, I've made quilts for my husband and my sons and like my mom makes quilts for my dad and her dad. And, you know, it's like, we've made quilts for the men in our lives, but it's like, we've just kind of like, "Mm, let's just throw some squares together or, you know, just made it very like basic and simple because there's not really a lot of patterns out there that feel yeah somewhat more modern and more modern and masculine by nature and so it's like you can make them that way but it's like it's nice to like see something and go oh that's so clean and crisp and it can be anything you can Mm -hmm. take it any direction and like having that like neutral standing ground I think yes exactly cool especially if like because your cover quilts are very like neutral and yeah clean slate kind of like oh well that black and white could be any colors or like that Mm -hmm. tan and tan and white can be any color it's like those colors can translate to so many different things it's not feeling like oh my cover quilt is all you know florals and colorful and and this very feminine thing and then it's it can be really hard for people to see outside of the cover quilt so for sure. Yeah, like that is that. true. I, I think I heard someone, I think um, White Rose Designs, Kelsey, her, I think it was, she was saying that her mom, like, she likes a very specific color of quilt. And unless it's like, she sees it mocked up in that color, she just doesn't make it. Mm. Um, and I just thought that was actually really interesting, you know, so mm. in some ways providing a neutral, maybe that is nice because you could kind of plug in your own style a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I know just for a lot of people, they do, they do struggle kind of envisioning it for themselves. And so I think if it's a blank slate kind of situation where it's more neutrals and tone on tone Mm -hmm. kind of thing, then it is easier to kind of think, well, if that was green or if that was orange, like whatever color you like. (laughs) No, for sure. I usually always love it when my testers, I love sending my pattern out to testers because in some ways, like they always interpret it in ways that I had not anticipated. And you know, I like to think I could kind of predict what it would look like in different colors, but then when they make it, it's just so much more beautiful or unique than I would have imagined. So yeah, I really, really love seeing their versions. Yeah. And I think I like, like having been a tester for a little while and just like making so many quilts. Cause it's like, you know, clients will come and say, I want this quilt, but I want these colors or I want this style and getting to like actually make those 
so many different quilt patterns with different color schemes mm -hmm. than what's on the cover or yeah, being in a tester group and seeing things mocked up differently or worked up differently. It's like, oh, it has helped me help clients like work through yeah. trying mm -hmm. different color schemes or seeing, you know, seeing these patterns in different ways. And, and I, I love that there are so many designers using testers and then sharing those, because then I think that just does open the door for people to see, look, mm -hmm. this quilt can look so different based on the fabrics you choose. And it helps. It, I think it just helps overall. Yeah, definitely. That's so cool. How fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, do you, do you still test a lot or no? Cause you're probably super busy with other I'm stuff. So, I'm so busy. I yeah. do. I always want to, I'm always like, Oh, I want to test that pattern so bad. And like, I'm so behind because it already got released, but I was supposed to be testing the mini version of, um, Rada's, um, cosmic. Oh, Yes. Cosmic she Waterfall. Uh, yeah. She yeah. just released it. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I haven't even started. <laughs> and sure it's just like, it's fine. <laughs> She's like, it's fine. Just make it when you want. But yeah, uh, yeah I was like going to test the mini version. And I just, yeah, we've been so busy. And the start of this year was hectic with like, we had some deaths in the family and just Craziness. I'm sorry. I know that's it's not good. Hectic. That's like no, bad hectic. It's bad hectic, but you know, it just is what it is, but it like just put kind of a pause on some work stuff that you know yeah behind no, and know, then it's for like, sure definitely anyway. you know I actually I never mind when testers you know I've I've every round I do test I sent out a call I always get maybe one or two people who are like sorry this thing came up and I'm always like I'm sorry that happened to you like that's <laughs> yeah. all whatever it is like please don't worry about a cool pattern like that's the last thing you know yeah you should be worrying about yeah yeah and she's obviously been like so cool about it but yeah, I just feel awesome. bad because I said I would do something that I haven't been able to get to and not yet though you know one day yet. you will it'll be I fine 100% am going to make it it's just yeah finding the yeah, time to do so it not yet then, not yet but I really do have the goals to like have it done for the fall because I'm putting the since I'm doing the mini version I'm putting it on the back of a denim jacket I have oh cool because she's has, all about denim I know I was like yeah this is so she's so good with denim yeah yeah so but it has like a sherpa collar so I'm like that has to wait for fall I can't wear it anymore <laughs> yeah that is yeah it's here in Vegas it's definitely getting a little bit warmer <laughs> oh that's nice it's still snowing here so that's fine it's gross I'm so upset but that's fine. <laughs> I know I actually kind of love living in Vegas we're only here for a year but I'm like I think I would move back if like they were actively running out of water like as we speak I would 100% yeah. move back yeah we got married in Las Vegas <laughs> oh really yeah that's so fun yeah my mother-in-law lived there but like which just was coincidental but yeah like when I was in high school I just was like which is Vegas. so silly, but seven, I was like 17. And I was like, if I'm with a person and I feel like, you know, we might get married if they won't just like marry me in Las Vegas, then they're not the one. Like if they wouldn't just like drop everything to be like, yeah, I'll marry you in Las Vegas. Then like, I like, I like that. That's your litmus, litmus <laughs> test or like your life partner. Like, that's will so you crazy. marry me in Vegas at the drop of a hat? Cause if you're yeah. not going to, I'm not interested. No, honestly. And then I was there like, <sighs> sorry to my husband for talking about this, but I was there with an ex-boyfriend and, you know, just like a little three-day weekend thing. And I was like, we should just, wouldn't it be so funny if we just got married? And he was like, absolutely not like never. And I was like, 
oh my god broke up with him and <laughs> not right it wasn't right so it's no. a good litmus test then yeah so then when I was you know dating my husband I had just gotten out of that relationship and it was just kind of like you know he's quite a not quite a bit but he's like 13 years older than me and so it's just mm-hmm. kind of like take treading it treading lightly and he said something or we were watching a movie or something and he's like yeah if I get married again like it has to be in Las Vegas I've done justice of the peace I've done a big <laughs> wedding and he's like it's got to be in Vegas and my jaw hit the floor because I had not mentioned marriage or like future at all like I was like so I'm not funny bringing yeah. it up I'm not talking about it I'm just gonna like take this for what yeah, it is like whatever happens happens and, I was and then like, he's like let's go Vegas <laughs> yeah I mean we waited we we had been together for like four years by the time we got married but yeah it was just so funny that like he's the one who said that and then I was like you're gonna think I'm just copying you because girls do that I said but I swear on my life on my baby sister's life that like this is something and he was like no even we're like on on our wedding day like going to the chapel and he's like you made this up and I was like I swear why would I follow through with like making my family come to Las Vegas? And, like, that is so true. That, is, that would be very intense, wouldn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, we even did the whole Elvis thing. Like, oh my uh, gosh, that's so funny. Yeah. I was, love being down on the strip because you see so many brides, you see mm-hmm. so many wedding parties down there and it's really fun. It's so fun. Yeah. Yeah. It was super fun. And I like, I'm so grateful that we did it that way. Cause I'm kind of like you where, I mean, having a podcast doesn't seem like it, but I don't necessarily like to be the center of attention. And so make and making all the decisions, which is again, another like, Hmm, I wonder how I'm going to run a business when I don't like making decisions. (laughs) (laughs) I guess when it comes to like deciding things for other people like this is what you're going to eat at my wedding and this is the dress I'm going to wear and this it's stressful wedding planning is stressful no matter what like I I don't care who you are it's always stressful and that's only because you have like two families you're trying to Mm -hmm. before they've even like really gotten to like work together on anything suddenly they're planning this giant event together like it's it's just difficult yeah yeah so it was crazy but also it was so fun and yeah if they weren't actively running out of water it'd probably be such a nice place to hang out but there's so many cool things going on all the time too so there is there's always something fun to do here which I just love yeah we actually went back in this last summer because it was our 10th anniversary and so So we just like I know it was so fun we like started there and then we went to Spain from Las Vegas but oh wow yeah okay yeah Yeah. that's a great 10 year anniversary it was fantastic like Cause we didn't really get like a full honeymoon. Like, you know, we stayed. No, we didn't either. We were so poor. I mean, I took the LSAT. I was like, you were taking an LSAT. We were, and he was in finals like two weeks after that. So like, it just wasn't even. Yeah. 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 We were pretty broke at the time too. So it was just kind of like, like I had just graduated. I didn't have a teaching job yet. Like he was still in school full time because he went back to school while I was still in school to get a different degree. And like, (laughs) it was a madhouse but yeah so we were like okay we're gonna finally do a big trip and anyway it was really fun and I actually interviewed a a Bernina shop owner in Barcelona (laughs) while we were there so no way that's so cool yeah Anna Martinez she was so sweet and like she was like oh my English teacher is gonna be so excited because I'm practicing (laughs) my English I'm like you're doing so great you know Europeans are incredible I lived in Italy for like well, I was there for a study abroad for like four months and then I went back for 18 months. And honestly, okay. 
I was just amazed at how, sorry, my husband just came in. It's okay. Are you okay? What's wrong? Oh, you forgot your shoes. Okay. I was like, you should not be home. You should be in a hospital right now. <laughs> Why aren't you saving lives? Ah, <laughs> what happened? Um, I was going to say working with Europeans is so fun because in some ways they are so well-educated. Like everyone knows three languages. Everyone knew Italian. They spoke British English, Spanish, and like a little bit of some other language like German. And I was yeah. like, wow, you guys are incredible. They're all just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, we're like, honestly, seriously considering moving to Spain and when he's done with it, cause he's, my husband's back in school again. And, um, <laughs> what is he doing? What is he studying? I don't know. He's just obsessed with learning. So, no, he is doing a master's program for counseling. So, oh, okay, cool. That's awesome. But, like he comes from like his first degree is in mathematics. And then his second degree that he got was, um, in computer science and so oh, wow. yeah you're right that is a little bit of a departure from his prior yeah. prior degrees yeah so it's but I mean it's the perfect fit for him like he is an analytical mind but like mental health has always been his like mm-hmm. soapbox and the the drum he marches to so that's really cool yeah it feels like a good fit and anyway so yeah it's um yeah, it was just super fun to like interview. Like my husband was like, we should just try finding somebody to interview. I'm like, that makes me so nervous. Cause like my Spanish is so bad. Yeah. yeah I feel nervous too, but she was so great. And like her little Bernina shop was so cute. And Aww. like, it's just kind of fun to see stuff like that. There was another quilt shop we found, but, um, yeah, we just, she was the only one to get back to us and yeah. Anyway, it was super it's, it's fun. fun. It's fun how uh, worldwide quilting is. And I don't know yeah. that I had really realized that until probably about six months into my business that mm-hmm. um, I started doing Instagram reels more regularly and reels just like put, get pushed out worldwide. You know, mm-hmm. like they're not just getting pushed out to like your local community, kind of like other posts may on Instagram. And yeah, I was just amazed at how many people would post like certain things in Portuguese or, you know, in Spanish or things like mm-hmm. that, like all over the world, quilters are like, I love this. I can't wait to make it. And I, yeah. I just thought this is really cool. It's so like worldwide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's getting more global, like, um, cause I had chatted with Katarina Rochella and she's in Croatia and it was, or sorry, in Serbia. And she was talking about how, when she started designing fabric, like 14 years ago, there just wasn't a community for it in Europe or anywhere near where she was. And so she started designing fabric and designing patterns because she couldn't find it where she was at. And now that everything is like online, yeah, the majority of things, like now it's getting a lot more globalized and more and more people can get into it, but I just don't think it was as big of an industry there before. And so, yeah, like, it's nice to see that, that everybody everywhere can like enjoy this thing that we love so much that is kind of like an Americana type you know yeah there are definitely some parts of quilting that I think are very American centric you know but then there's all sorts of different worldwide quilting you know patterns and trends and things like that it would be so fun to learn more about you know yeah the basis of their quilts and where that comes from yeah just like understand how it permeates everywhere because I think it's like the same there's, you know, some traditional like indigenous type designs that 
obviously mm-hmm. been like appropriated and then reclaimed yeah. by by the people which is great classic but then, <laughs> yeah but then it's like oh actually some of this is like a really you know old european type style like indigenous mm-hmm peoples would design their weaving this way and then also it's found very similarly in the you know indigenous american tribes like yeah like so there is kind of like similar feel to some of that stuff and it's like yeah it's just interesting to learn more about like where certain patterns or certain like design Mm -hmm. motifs come from because a lot of them do have a really long history of being in in the culture long before that came to America or like was in mm-hmm. quilting. So anyway, for sure. Kind of fumbled that out, but <laughs> anyway, I think I didn't you know, know much about that. So I, <laughs> I know. Yeah. But it would be interesting to learn more about because I think every time I do learn something like that, I'm like, what? I had no idea. And so mm-hmm. for sure. But yeah, I think you're right. It is very American centric. So I think expanding that would be really cool. Mm-hmm. But I don't know who's going to do it. It's not going to be me. <laughs> You're the history person. You should do it. Yeah, it's not. It's, I don't have time for that. I don't know that anyway. <laughs> someone else, someone else has got to be more passionate about that than I am. But right. I mean, it's like maybe at a quilt museum, but like how many towns? You know, I think museum? actually um, there are some quilt historians that come to like a quilt con occasionally, right? And do talks mm-hmm. and things like that. I think that'd be so interesting to attend, listen yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely want to try to attend something like that for next quilt con because I'm going to go. I'm so excited. And Are you? I'm trying to go next year too. I haven't gone ever really. And I so, haven't either. Yeah, yeah, next year will be my first time, but um, we were going to try to go this year, but then my, like I said earlier, my little brother's getting married and it's in a few weeks. And so we're just like, hmm, maybe we should. Yeah, like, that's a lot. That's a lot of big trips and all at once and so we were just kind of like well we'll just wait and we'll go next time and then it's close to them again like because they live on the east coast and so mm-hmm. and being in Raleigh it'll be close to them again so we can still visit them and it'll be fun but anyway yeah I I was looking at some of the the possibilities of like yeah visiting lectures with quilt historians and just learning about that kind of stuff so that would be cool it would be cool anyway um, so do you have like a, a tip or a trick that you just can't live without that you use like every time you're sewing or just something that kind of revolutionized the way that you sew? Um, I think there's something that I didn't do growing up with a lot of my quilts. And I think you could kind of tell, um, that I just started doing really about a year and a half ago. And that is, um, I iron and starch like all of my fabrics religiously um, before beginning. And I never took the time to do that before, but um, now that I do, I can really see a difference in really the quality. I don't want to say quality because everyone's quilting is their quilting. It doesn't matter. But when you are trying to make a quilt that is as accurate to a mock-up as possible, you know, you really do have to have accurate, you know, seam allowances and cutting and things like that. But I will say the thing that makes the biggest difference for me is ironing and starching my fabrics beforehand. That's awesome. Yeah. I think it can definitely make a difference, especially if you're working with a cotton that's a little stretchier than maybe the other one that you're pairing it with or. Yes, exactly. So I use, I use art gallery fabrics most of the time and then occasionally like Kona, but Mm -hmm. I work, I work a little bit with art gallery and 
their fabrics are so vibrant and lovely, but also a little slippery. And so mm-hmm. when I, when I starch them, it becomes a little bit easier to work with, I think. Yeah, no, for sure. I've experienced that as well. And I love, ooh, I'm obsessed with our gallery. So yeah, they're um, amazing. They're fantastic. And they're very yeah. supportive of designers. Like they go out of their way to make sure that like designers are supported. So yeah. they're great. Yeah. I love them, but I just, just before I got on here with you, I ordered all the fabrics to make my youngest son's uh, graduation quilt. Oh, that's exciting. And I'm using all art gallery solids. I'm so mm, excited. I love their solids. Their pure solids are amazing. Yeah. So it's going to be, he wants like purples and cream and black. So that'll be we're cool. Gonna, we're going to go with it. It's going to be, yeah, this is quilt. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be awesome. And I haven't, I've only ever made quilts out of, you know, only solids for other people. So this will be another one of those, but I'm excited because it's not very often where I get to just work with solids either. So it's like kind of a treat. There's something really beautiful about solids because they're very clean, you know, in some Mm -hmm. ways it creates these very clean lines and I just like, I adore it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. And it is, it's like a nice, it's like, Print fabrics are great. I love them. I'm a big fan, but yeah, there's some, something just like kind of magical with quilts mm-hmm. made with solids because it's like almost. Well, yeah. the thing is you can't hide. I think that's the thing is that you cannot hide like patterns in some ways. Well, prints, sorry, I should say mm-hmm. prints in some ways are so fun and they kind of keep your eye moving. Mm-hmm. But if you're using a solid and you've got a very simple clean line pattern, like it has to be excellent. You know, like mm-hmm. it has to be really well done. Otherwise like you can see, and it's very apparent. Yeah. I'm a little nervous for the quilt he wants because it is a lot. It's all half square triangles. Oh, you'll be fine. You'll be okay. <laughs> you know, even if some of them don't match up, it's not a big deal. I know. I was like this quilt that's behind me. It's like the third quilt I ever made. And it's cute. I like it. Thanks. It's a three footer. Like you got to stay three feet away. Otherwise it's real ugly, but everyone has like multiple quilts like that I was like nitpicking it last night I was like sitting in here with my husband and I was like oh look at these seams like if I had just actually used the seam allowance like these points would have lined up these blocks wouldn't be off he's like I literally never would have noticed that if you no, you wouldn't and honestly you learned too and that's the whole point right like you're gonna have like 20 quilts that you learn different skills while you're making you know yeah I'm like it's just funny because like I've felt like this was my best quilt at the time. And honestly, out of three, it was, but (laughs) like now that I've made like over a hundred quilts, it's like, oh, it's hard hard to go back and be like, yikes. (laughs) Yeah. But again, like baby, baby quilter me was like, it's not bad. There's only two popped seams. So (laughs) no. And you know what? I remember a lot of my earlier quilts, like I, my seam allowances would, you know, stay at a quarter inch, but then it'd go so narrow. And then Mm -hmm. whenever they were narrow, like it would just become a hole, you know, and I'd have to like somehow patch up these little tiny holes. Like it's exactly how this guy is. There's some little spots where I'm like, yeah, it's not, it's just, it's just part of learning. And I, Mm -hmm. I have a lot of beginner quilters who email me and they're like, Hey, I'm starting, you know, this gingham quilt. Like, do you have any advice? And I'm like, you just don't need advice because all you have to do is just start making quilts to get better. Like this is literally the only way. And your first 10 quilts will be kind of like wonky and like the sides won't be straight. And you'll wonder how everyone has perfect corners, you know, I'm like, yeah. okay. But later on, like you'll slowly learn, you know, like 
easier techniques and things like that. You'll get better. Yeah, for sure. And it's like, I knew about quarter inch seam allowance and I knew how to do it. But I think for me, I was like, I need, I don't want to waste any of this fabric. And I know, like, I want, you know, so it feels in my brain at the time, it just felt wasteful to lose a half an inch off of Mm -hmm. a piece of fabric I just cut. And now I'm like, well, I get it. And it's fine. And everything's going to be fine. Like, (laughs) yeah. Oh, it's also different too. If you're under like budget constraints, you know, cause I remember like in high school, you know, I didn't have a ton of money to spend on quilting. And so, you know, in some ways, like you just have to work with what you have. Exactly. And, and there's so much room for that. Like you can quilt with anything if you know how to work with the fabric or, or just want to have enough gumption to figure out how to work with the the type of fabric that it is and for sure and you know in some ways like that's really the history of quilting right it's like they would take old like flower sacks and dresses and things like that and cut Mm -hmm. them up so it's pretty cool yeah that's so fun well do you have any fun projects coming up soon that people can look forward to (laughs) or you know, I'm a little, I'm, I will admit I'm a little behind <laughs> on some of my deadlines right now, but that's because I'm taking, um, Bonnie Christine's immersion course. Okay. And it has been so fun, but also a little more intense than I was anticipating. And so mm-hmm. it is taking more hours of my quilting time than I, you know, was thinking it would. So I, I do have another quilt pattern coming out. Um, probably in three-ish months. Um, it was going to come out before then, but I think I'm just going to put it off until I'm done with this course. So yeah, another quilt pattern is coming out. I'll probably do another reels course in the spring. Cause I just, I love teaching people about how to, how to make Instagram reels. And I might need to take, uh, I suck at reels. <laughs> uh, they're so fun. If you learn how to make them easy, you know, quickly, mm-hmm. they're so fun. Now in the beginning, if you don't know what you're doing and that was me, you know, and you're taking an hour to like edit a small, like, you know, 10 second video, like it can get really, really tiring. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. So cool. And then we'll have, I'll put links to your website and everything in the show notes so that listeners can go find you just in one click and look for those things. So that's awesome. Well, Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It was fun chatting with you. Yeah. Thanks for joining me. And I'm looking forward to seeing your new pattern come out, but yeah, I honestly will probably sign up for that Instagram course because I, Please do. Let I mean, no, I'll give you a discount. Okay. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll be like, I'm you know me. I will. Please yeah. do. Okay. Well, thanks so much and have a great rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Thanks.